Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. In the book of Acts chapter 4, when they performed the miracle at the temple, and the man who had never walked, walked for the first time, everybody gathered to listen to them. And the elders of the people were jealous. So they summoned them and they, they spoke to them. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, by what power, verse 7, Acts chapter 4, verse 7, by what power or by what name have ye done this thing? They healed the man. See, don't be, don't be surprised when the church gets attacked unfairly. Doesn't matter what good we do, Satan can never like us. John chapter 15, from verse 16, 17, 18, talks about how if the world loved me, it would love you. But because the world hates me, they will hate you. Don't be surprised that the world hates you. The world hates the church. Why? Because the whole world, John, first John chapter 5, verse 19, the whole world lies under the sway, under the influence of the enemy, of the evil one, the wicked one, the devil. He controls and we are outside of his range, outside of his power, his dominion, his authority, and his control. He is under our control, but he uses the things of the world, the people of the world, the people who don't know God to attack and to fight the church. Now, they brought them, they said, can you tell us by what power have you done this good thing to that man? And by what name have you done it? Peter in verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, that we shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that even as I teach your word, fill me, Fill me, fill me, fill me to speak the, the truth, speak the, the life-giving word in the name of Jesus. Revival-generating word. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them, Ye rulers, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we today, or if we this day, be examined of good, of good did done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? You are examining us for doing good? You are scrutinizing us for doing the good? They don't care about the good. Their issue is the name. Their issue is the Christ. Hallelujah. So, the good done to this man, verse 10, be it known unto y'all and to all the people of Israel, not only you, but to all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Ye crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. Let them do what they can do against you. God will raise you. God will sustain you. God is helping somebody. God is sustaining somebody in the name of Jesus. Let them do what they will do. Because you take a stand for Jesus, they are hating you without a cause. They say there is no help for you in God. Seller. Aha. They say, aha, aha. There is no help for him in God. But thou, oh Lord, art a shield for me. He said, if you are questioning us for the good done, we want you to know that it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised. You crucified, you pull him down, God lifted him up. As they, I see, as they are pulling you down, they are trying to pull you down. I see God lifting you up. I see God lifting you up. I see God lifting you up. As they try to pull you down, I see God lifting you up. As they try to push you down, I see God lifting you up. I see God lifting. God is raising you above your enemies. God is raising you above those who hated you. God is raising you and giving you all kabarashai. I see somebody. God is giving you compensation. God is bringing you divine compensation. Double for your troubles. Double for your troubles. In the name of Jesus.
Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. Even by him does this man stand here before you. Now he drops a big one. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of of the corner talking about Jesus. Peter said, this is the stone. Jesus is the stone. He is the stone which you builders. What are you trying to build and ignoring Jesus? Why are you building without Christ? It's going to sink one day. He said, you builders, this is the stone which you builders. What is the stone? Jesus is the stone. I'm talking about Jesus, the precious stone. Jesus, the stone. Jesus, the stone of the ages. Jesus, Jesus is the precious stone. You can't build well if you leave him out. You can't build if you leave him out. You might, it might look like you are building something good, but it's on a sinking sand. He said, this is the stone which you builders building a church without Christ. Boy, what are you doing? That's a caricature. That's not a church. That is something else. Building without Christ. How can there be a church without Christ? Building with, and watch this, watch this. It is easy to build without Christ. Are you building your career without Christ? Are you building your marriage without Christ? Make sure you get Christ involved. Make sure you build on Christ. The way you are going, I know there's a time coming. You are going to cry out and be crying for the help of God. This is the time to secure the future of whatever you are building. This is the stone which you builders rejected. The stone which you rejected have become the head of the cornerstone. He says, let me read it again. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders. They were building, they came across the stone. Said, no, I don't need this stone. They, they took the stone, put it aside. No, we don't need this one. Have you noticed how easy it is to try to do without Christ, especially in peace times? There are a lot of people who cry out to God only when they are in need. But when they are at peace, they stay at ease. Bible says that woe to those who are at ease in Zion. It's possible. It's easy to build without Christ. You are building their career, your children's future without Christ investment without Christ. You are building savings without Christ. You don't tithe. You don't give. You don't tithe. You are building savings. Go, go ahead. Don't build without Christ. Oh. Sir, the way you are treating your wife, don't build without Christ. Oh. Because there are crises ahead. You will need Christ today to be able to face the crisis tomorrow. Be careful. He's the stone. So Peter immediately told them the stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. So he connected Christ being at the stone, he connected it to our salvation. He connected that statement and connected it to our salvation. So he says that neither is there any name or neither is there their salvation in any other. For there is no name under, uh, no, no other name under heaven given amongst men, among men whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. There's only one way to God. There are many ways to hell. There's only one way to God. The only way to God is Christ. If you do it outside of Christ, you are not sure. There's no God, there's no backing of heaven. All right. So he said, so Peter, what he did is he quoted from Psalm, Psalm 118, verse 22. And I read, the stone which the builders refuse is become the headstone of the corner. Now, the psalmist wrote about him, but this is about Jesus. He said, the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. And when you read Isaiah, Isaiah chapter um, 28, verse 16, 
it says that, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Watch this. He that believes shall not make haste. He that believes, in other translation, is that he who trusts in him shall not make his. Let me read from the um, New King James Version and let's see how the New King James Version renders it. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16. Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Amen. So Christ is in Isaiah. This is talking actually about Christ. Christ being the the stone the Bible uh, here refers to. In the book of Zechariah chapter 3 verse 9. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 9. The scriptures also say something quite strong and profound which I would like to read and bring your attention in the book of Zechariah chapter 3 verse 9 uh, the bible says that for behold the stone that i have laid before joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes behold i will engrave the i will engrave the graving thereof says the lord of hosts and i will remove the iniquity of the land in one day he said i will engrave the engraving i will engrave the graving thereof. So it's like engraving the stone, cutting cutting the stone, making a cleft. That's why God told Moses in Exodus chapter 17 verse 6, he says, strike the rock, make a cleft in the rock, like the way he was striked on the cross. God said, I'll engrave the stone. Talking about Jesus Christ, the stone. He said, I'll engrave the stone. Watch this. Zechariah chapter 3. Behold, I'll engrave the stone thereof, says the Lord, and I'll remove the iniquity of the land in one day. See, the engraving the stone has everything and a, a direct impact on the removal of iniquity. So Jesus was engraved. He being the stone was engraved for the iniquity to be removed. That is why Peter said, there is no other name by which we might be saved. We must be saved except under heaven, except the name Jesus Christ. But watch this. When you read the, um, the Bible very carefully in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter one, verse six, Ezekiel had an encounter, a, a vision, and then he saw some whirlwind, uh, cloud, um, fire and he saw some brightness and then out of it were some four verse six talk about four living creatures that look like a man that's very interesting all the four living creatures all the four there are four living creatures and all the four living creatures looked like a man it didn't say looked like men a man all the four combined is about one man looks like one man okay that is not jesus per se but there was a, a, a reflection of creation through christ in that four living creatures. And then it's verse 10. The Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10, it says that one of them, they had four faces each. All the four living creatures had four faces each. He said one of the faces, the face of, he had, one of the faces was the face of a man. The other one was a face of a lion. The other one was a face of an ox. And the other side was a face of the eagle. So man, lion, ox, and eagle. These four living creatures, every one of them had four faces. Very interesting. And it says that so the faces represent, had a representation of man, of a lion, of ox, 
and of an eagle. And in, when you study the books, the New Testament very carefully, the biography of Jesus pre- had a portrait of the same Jesus. I remember some, some people of other religion who have so much interest in the Bible to just try and tear it down. That's what the, the devil always does, to try, tear, try and tear it down. One of their popular questions is, why do we have four Gospels? Why, why must there be four accounts, four different accounts? Yeah, there are four different accounts by the same Jesus. Four different accounts by the same Jesus. Well, in the in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is presented as in Matthew. Matthew presents Jesus as the king. Okay, so king, the lion. The lion represents the king. The king that prevails. The lion stands for the prevailing power. The lion stands for boldness. The lion stands for daring, boldness, and conquering and victorious or strong, victorious power. Okay, Jesus when he it comes to dealing with the world, dealing with sin, and dealing with the devil. Jesus is the lion. Revelation chapter 5 says that don't be afraid, don't cry, don't weep, John. For the verse 5, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. The lion of the tribe of Judah. But when I stand, I saw a lamb. So he's a lion. When it comes to dealing with sin, he's a lion. When it comes to dealing with the devil, he's a lion. When it comes to the forgiveness of our sins, he's the lamb. Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. And so Jesus Christ, when you talk about being the lion, it has to deal with the devil, dealing with the world. And when we are in him, we have that lionic nature to deal with sin, to deal with the devil and to deal with the world. So in Romans chapter five, verse 17, the Bible says that we have dominion or we, 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 we shall reign. Okay. We shall reign with Christ. We shall reign. Yeah. We have been born again to reign because of the lion nature. So in Matthew presents him as a lion. Mark presents him as an ox. The ox is a burden bearer. The ox is for carrying burden. It's like a bull or a cow. So the ox is for carrying burdens, for serving. So he says that Jesus Christ is the servant savior. He came to serve the interests of the kingdom. In Mark chapter chapter. 10 verse 44, 45 particularly, said the son of man came to not to be served, but to serve and to give himself as a ransom. He came to bear the burden of many. Hallelujah. He came to die on the cross to serve the interests of God for our redemption. Hallelujah. So he's presented in Mark and you know, that's why Mark doesn't have genealogy. You don't need to know servants, their history. All you need to know is that they are servants and you don't, there's no details you have to give about a servant. Just serve and go. So Mark, that's why Mark has a very short, the book of Mark is quite short and straightforward, no more, no detail. They never spoke about nativity. But the king, if you someone to be a royalty, we have to know about his lineage. We have to know about his background. That is why in the book of Matthew, it starts with the genealogy of Jesus. And then Luke presents him as a full human being. For him to qualify to save us, he must be a human being. Having said that, let me add, because we have the Christ nature, we also have the, the nature of servanthood to be able to labor. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Never, nevertheless, the grace of God was not in vain. I labored. See the word. Sometimes we miss it. I labored. I labored more abundantly. The grace to labor, the grace to, to persevere, the grace to sacrifice. That is what we get in Christ. We're able to, in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 30, it talks 
about how Philippians chapter 2 verse 30 talks about how he was willing to serve. He is not only your servant, but he's also my servant. He served the interests of the church. Talking about Onesimus, uh, Philippians chapter 2 verse 30. Because for the work of Christ, he was near unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service towards me. So the things you, the service you are not doing, someone is going to, is sacrificing to do it. Because the Christ nature in you does not make you shun away from sacrificing. Anytime you shun away from sacrificing, you are not living the Christ nature. Because the Christ nature is an ox nature. And then the human, Christ is fully man. So he can he can identify with us. So the face of a man, uh, the fourth, uh, the third gospel, that is why he traces his genealogy to Adam. The genealogy of Christ is traced to Adam. It says that uh, Christ, Luke chapter 3 from verse 24, somewhere there, speaks about as it was supposed, the son of Joseph. Then he began to go, the son of Heli. And then he goes, and then he finished on 38, the son of, the son, it talks about Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Adam was the son. He traced Jesus straight to Adam. Whilst in Matthew, he traced him to Abraham because he must be a legitimate Jew. But in Look, he must be a legitimate human being. Hallelujah. Jesus is a legitimate human being, so he can qualify to be our all-sufficient Savior. Hallelujah. He qualifies because he's our all-sufficient Savior. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he's a man. He's fully man. That's why he died. Now, when you look at John, John presents him as the Son of God, the Son of God. So he didn't even start, and there's no genealogy because he doesn't need his, his, his origin doesn't come from men. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word of God. No Mary, no genealogy. Hallelujah. So John pre- presents him as the transcendent one. He's above all. He's so the eagle, the face of the eagle. So back again. So we have the lion, the Matthew presents him as the lion or it typifies the lion. Mark typifies the uh, ox. Luke typifies man. And then J- John typi- typifies eagle. John, Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, verse 7. It talks about this same image. It says that the creatures have four faces. The face of the ox, the, of, of, of the man, of the eagle, and the lion. Hallelujah. There is something. So we, having the nature of Christ, have the, the supernatural nature, eagle nature, that transcend. We are above. That is why Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing can limit you and restrict you. Why? Because you have the Christ nature. It's transcendent nature in the name of Jesus. So now coming back to what I said, in Matthew, he's typified or he's he's portrayed as a lion. In Mark, he's portrayed as an ox. In, In Luke, he's portrayed as a man. In John, he's portrayed as an eagle. But that's all that we have always known. But I I, I found out in Acts, he's also portrayed in Acts as the stone. Christ, the stone. Christ is the stone. In the book of Acts, Christ is the stone. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief of the corner or the chief stone of the corner. Quickly, I want to show you five ways in which Christ is a stone. Five ways in which 
Christ is typified and reflected and represented and portrayed uh, portrayed in the scriptures as stone. Number one, we let's look at uh, the scripture I quoted earlier on in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. He says that, Therefore, thus says the Lord, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. I lay in Zion. What type of stone is, is this? He is talking about the foundation stone. Christ is the foundation stone. No other foundation can, uh, other foundation can no man lay than that which is lay, laid, which is Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11. So in Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16, he said, I lay in Zion a foundation stone. I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. So Jesus is the foundation stone. What does it mean for him to be the foundation stone? It is, he's the foundation stone, which means he's the bedrock of our faith. Remember in the book of Matthew chapter 7 from verse 24, after he spoke from verse 21, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. And then verse 24 begins to talk about, let me show you anyone who cares my words and put push them into action. It's like the man who, the wise man who digs and builds his house on a rock. Hallelujah. Builds the foundation of his house on a rock. Building on a rock. Building on a rock. The rock becoming your foundation. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 11 verse 3, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundation our rock, our rock is Christ. Christ is our foundation. And so he's becoming, he becomes the foundation stone. So foundation stone being the bedrock of our faith. There's nothing you can do well. Remember, in uh, there's nothing you can do well in God outside of Christ or in Christ or in Christianity outside of Christ's focusedness. If you shift your focus from Christ, there's nothing meaningful. I remember as I quoted Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. I can do it through Christ. I can do it through Christ. And so Christ becomes the bedrock of our faith, the foundation of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, looking looking unto Jesus, verse 2, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author and the finisher. Everything about Christianity rises and falls or rises based or, or is built on Christ. On Christ, the, the songwriter said, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other grounds is sinking sand. All other grounds is sinking sand. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust in sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other grounds is sinking sand. Not your account, your bank account. Not your money. Not your job. Not your beauty. Not your husband. Not your health. Not your marriage. Not your house. Not your connections. Not your contacts. My brother and my sister, let Christ be the bedrock of your life. Let Christ be the bedrock of your marriage. Yes, if you will not disobey Christ and because of that, she doesn't want to stay in your life and doesn't want to marry you, 
So Lord, bye-bye. If he doesn't want to marry you, he said no. If you don't disobey Christ, if you don't follow him to a different religion and because of that, he will not marry you. Pay him to go. If he will not stay in your life because of Christ, anyone, don't choose anybody over Christ. He is the first and the last. The Bible says, seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to encourage you. Don't be afraid. Once you have Jesus, let Christ be the foundation of everything you are doing. This, this noise you are we are making about tomorrow, tomorrow, make sure it's founded on Christ. Is your tomorrow founded on Christ or your certificate? Is your tomorrow founded on Christ or your beauty or your handsomeness or your links and contacts or your job or your account? Don't build on sand. All other grounds is sinking sand. So he being the foundation stone is the bedrock of our faith. Our faith is built on Christ. Practically speaking, what? how do you build your faith on Christ? That means that build your faith on God's word. Build your faith on God's word. He who comes to me, Luke chapter 6 from verse 46. Anyone who comes to me, hears my words and puts them into action. It's like the man who is building his house on the rock. Building your house on the rock. Put God's word into action. Put God's word into action. Listen to the word. Read the word. Obey the word of God. That is how to build your life on the rock. Not on your emotions, but build it on your on the rock. Nothing else is stable. Nothing, even to build a bridge, a bridge must stand, must be supported by a bedrock. A bedrock. Either deep under the river or at the ends or the banks of the river. It must, and you have to dig deep to to rest it on the, the bedrock of the earth. Either than that, it's a sinking sun. Christ is the bedrock of our faith. Everything Christianity is built on Christ. Number two. So number one, Christ, he is the foundation stone. Hallelujah. Number two, he is the cornerstone. He's not just the foundation stone. He is the cornerstone. Hmm? What does that mean? I just read it there quite in, in Psalm 118 verse 22. He says that the stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner, the chief cornerstone. In the book of Matthew chapter 21 verse 40, Matthew chapter 21 verse 42, said Jesus said unto them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the doing of the Lord and it's marvelous in our, in our eyes. So he says that the stone which the builders rejected, the same scripture Jesus was quoting, the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, I think I would like to read from verse 19 to make a bit of sense. It said, Now therefore ye are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built up. Can you imagine? We are built up. We, we, sorry, we, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. 
Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I'm going to explain why. But I thought you said he's the foundation. Yes, he's the foundation road, the foundation, sorry, stone, the bedrock of anything Christian. Okay. But here he says that the apostles and the, being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fits, fitly framed together grows, a building, a growing building, hallelujah, into an holy temple in the Lord. We are a growing building. The, oh, I keep saying the only building that grows is the church. We are the only organic building. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we are a building that grows. The church is a growing building. But watch this. It says that the church, we the church, are being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now here it says Christ is the cornerstone. What does it mean? Number one, when it comes to building of the body of Christ, the church of God, building of the church, nothing can be anything that is cannot be traceable to what the prophets have said and the apostles have said is not part of the church. They continued in the apostles' doctrine and the apostles were always making references to what the prophets have said. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. He came to fulfill them. So what the prophets have said becomes the foundation of the church, the building of the church, the building of God's house. That is why we have to give ourselves to what Isaiah said, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all the prophets have said, and we have to give our attention to what the apostles Apostles, talking about the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, what the apostles have said. The church is built on the doctrine, on the teaching, on the prophecies and the, the prophecies of the prophets and the teachings of the apostles. That is what the church is built on. Everything Christianity must have its roots and trace to whatever was said because they is the prophets who speak about Christ and the apostles explain Christ. Hallelujah. The, the apostles explain Christ. So it's built on the the foundation of the apostles and prophets. But Christ himself is the chief uh, is the chief cornerstone. Now, what does that mean? Uh, what is a cornerstone? There's a difference between a foundation stone and a cornerstone. He's the foundation stone, the bedrock, but it's not just the foundation stone. He's also a cornerstone. A cornerstone is a stone in the corner. A stone that keeps two walls together, that keeps two blocks together, that keeps two bricks together, two, 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 two walls together particularly. So two separate entities. The cornerstone keeps them together. Hallelujah. In Christ, there's no racial discrimination because he brings the races together. He brings the cultures together. He brings different clans together. We come from different clans, different backgrounds, different cultures, different exposures. We come, but once we come into the church, guess what? We are all one. Hallelujah. What makes us one? Christ, the cornerstone. Can that apply to your marriage? Certainly, yes. Certainly, certainly. Your marriage, your, your wife or your husband comes from a completely different background. When you look at his people, they are quite different from your people. And when you look at her people, they are quite different from your people. Their, their favorite dish, a lot of things might be different. Even, even if you are neighbors all your life, still there are two different homes. The colors in their house, the dominant colors in their house might be different from the dog. And the father is different. The mother is different. The father's background is different. So many things. But so two people from two complete different backgrounds being brought together to form one. You can have one entity outside of Christ. Hallelujah. So it takes Christ to make us one as a church. For us to be one as a church, one new man, it takes Christ. It takes Christ to build us into one building. So when we say Christ is the 
cornerstone. Christ is the cornerstone for the building of the church, joining two separate units together to make one whole, which is the body of Christ. Joins two different entities, separate entities. We are distinct, separate, joins us, particularly in those times, really, particularly the Jews and Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles don't have dealings. They don't have anything in common, but thanks be to God for the church. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, Bible says that Christ, Christ uh, took away the enmity thereof in his flesh. He took away the enmity thereof and removed the middle wall of partition, thereby making uh, one new man out of the twine. Out, <laughs> that's King James. The, thereby making out of the twine one new man. The church is one new man. He created us one new man. The church is one. New, how can we have one new man? So in Ephesians chapter 2, it's the same thing. Ephesians chapter 2 says that uh, so that we both have one, we both have access by the spirit. Verse 18, we both, what is, what's the both talking about? The Jews and the Gentiles, different religious backgrounds or different uh, allowable under the law backgrounds. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for the work of Christ. He brought two together. He brought us together. He is the middle. He is, is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, the stone that holds two walls together. Christ is the cornerstone. Without Christ, the church falls apart. That is why you have to learn how to forgive that fam- that member. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Anyone who disturbs peace among brethren, God will judge. Anyone who disturbs the peace among brethren, you are a talebearer. You are saying this to this person, saying this to this person, holding two heads of brothers and sisters, crashing it together, and you are laughing like a devil. The devil is... <laughs> The devil is a God will hold you accountable. He says that endeavoring to, to, to maintain, he didn't say to generate, to maintain the bond of the spirit. Through, uh, uh, to, to the, so the unity of the spirit is the spirit that makes us united. It's the spirit that brings us together because of the work of Christ on the cross. We are one. He is the chief cornerstone. Don't spoil the unity in the church. So in a fish in first Peter chapter one, chapter two, sorry, verse four. Oh boy. I know you will like this. You will like this. First Peter. How do I know you like it? Because I know you like God's word, so you like it. Chapter 2, verse 4. To whom, talking about Jesus, to whom coming us unto a, oh, 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 I love this, I love this. So higher. To him, to whom coming us unto a living stone. Jesus is a living stone. He is a living stone. Think about it. Stones don't have life, but our stone has life. Guess what? Jesus is living in me. There is a living stone inside me. <laughs> That's why you can't crush me. Why? There is a living stone. There is a living stone inside of me. There is a living stone inside of you. He is the living stone. Jesus is the living stone. Hallelujah. He said, to whom? Coming as of a living stone, disallowed indeed of men by chosen of God and precious. He's so precious. Men don't want him, but God has chosen him. He said, you remember, said, the stone which you rejected, you builders, you set at naught, has become the head of the capstone, the head of the, uh, of the, of the corner. So he says that disallowed indeed of men. Don't be worried when men disallow Christ, when politicians don't want to know anything about Christ, when journalists don't want to know anything about Christ, when uh, uh, educationists institutions don't want to know anything about Christ. It's the same. It's been the same over the years. It says that um, disallowed in, in need of men but chosen of God and precious. Look at verse, um, verse 7. Unto you therefore which believe in uh, uh, which believe he is precious. Somebody say Christ is precious. 
Christ is precious. Hallelujah. He is precious. Unto you who believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. The same, verse 8, look at this, and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto, uh, whereunto also they were appointed. So he's a stone that has been disallowed by those who are disobedient. Sinners reject. They run as far as possible from Jesus and the true church and true Christian message. Hallelujah. So quickly, um, Jesus Christ is... The uh, one is the foundation stone. Two, he is the corner stone. Three, he is the headstone. He is the headstone. Let's look at Zechariah. Zechariah chapter. Zechariah chapter four, verse seven. Zechariah chapter four, verse seven. Thank you, Jesus. Zechariah chapter four, verse seven. Say, Who art thou? Who art thou, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the the headstone. Headstone thereof with shoutings. Crying grace unto grace. The headstone is the stone at the, the top, the one that seals everything. So he's the foundation stone, he's the cornerstone, and he's the headstone. You can't build a house without him. Nothing is complete without Christ. So when we say he's the headstone, in fact, when you read the English Standard Version, he uses the word the top stone. The English Standard Version uses the top stone. Can you see that? Or the top stone. And then the New King James version or the NIV uses the capstone. King James uses the headstone. NIV New King James uses the cap. Caps everything. He is the capstone. Christ is the capstone. He is the top stone. He is the, or the headstone. What does it mean for him to be the headstone? So he is the headstone, the top stone, the capstone, who is the completion of everything heaven does and is doing on earth. Everything heaven does and everything heaven is doing, Christ is the completion of it. Without Christ, nothing is complete that heaven is doing in your life. Christ is the completion of it. That leads me to the next point quickly. Number four. Now, so these, these first three has to do with who the, the type of stone he is to the church. So what is he to the church, to the believers? Number one, those of us who believe in him, he is the foundation stone. Number two, he is the cornerstone. Number three, he is the capstone. Now that leads me to the last two. He is this he, he is these to the world, those who to those who don't believe. Okay, so to those who don't believe, first of all, to the Jews who don't believe, to the Jews who don't believe. Let's see what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter eight. In Isaiah chapter eight, verse fourteen. Thank you, Jesus. In Isaiah chapter eight, verse fourteen, Isaiah it says that, and he shall be for a sanctuary. But for a stone of stumbling and for a rock, uh, for for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a sign and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So to the house of Israel is going to be a rock of offense, a stone of stumbling, stumbling stone. They stumble because they don't want to believe, so it makes them stumble. Their unbelief is making them stumble. In Romans chapter, in Romans chapter nine, verse thirty-three, the Bible also makes similar. Reference Romans 9:33 says that as it is written, Behold, behold, I lay in Zion 
a stamp a stumbling stone a stumbling stone a rock of offense and whoever believes on him shall not be put to shame so jesus is a stumbling stone he's a rock of offense stumbling stone so don't, don't be surprised how people can be offended in christ so the jews particularly they are offended in Christ. He is a stumbling stone. They stumble at him. In in Matthew chapter 21, I read it earlier on, look at verse 44. Matthew chapter 21 verse 44, it says that, and whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. If you stumble on it, you shall be broken. That verse from verse 43, therefore, uh, therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of heaven shall be taken, yeah, the kingdom shall be taken from you and given to nations, bringing forth bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on, on this stone shall be broken. When you read the Luke, Luke account, Luke chapter 20, verse 17 and 18. And, and he said, sorry, and he beheld them and said, what is, what, what is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. Who, who watch this? Whoever shall fall upon the stone shall be broken. Did you see that? So you stumble upon it, you'll be broken. In First Peter chapter chapter two again, back to First Peter. First Peter chapter two, verse number eight. First Peter chapter two, verse eight says that a, a, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient. So he said, Christ is a stone of stumble, a rock of offense, is the stone of stumbling. So he's a stumbling stone. People stumble. They stumble because they choose not to believe. They stumble and they fall. said, if you fall on the stone, you'll be broken. If you fall on, you stumble on it, you'll be broken. You will not be okay. You will not be okay disbelieving in the Christ you have heard. Don't backslide. You will not be okay. You'll be broken. Sister, don't go to that guy and backslide and go to that guy. Brother, don't backslide and start doing all those things again. Don't go back to that, that bad habit, the drugs and all that. Don't go back. Don't go back. If you stumble, you'll be broken. If you stumble, you'll be broken. If you stumble, how do you stumble? You choose not to believe in him and he becomes a stumbling block because it's right in your face. If you stumble, you'll be broken. And now, so he's for number, number one, he's the foundation stone. Number two, he's the cornerstone. Number three, he is the headstone, which is the top stone or capstone. Number four, he is the stumbling, stumbling stone. And then number five, I like number five. He, he, he is the crushing stone. He is the crushing stone or he is the, the scattering stone or he is the smashing stone, grinding stone. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 21, one again Matthew chapter 21 Matthew chapter 21 verse 44 and whoever whoso, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken watch this but on whosoever it shall fall it will grind him to powder <laughs> serious one he will that is King James King James said he's a grinding stone he will grind you to powder King James and New King James Jesus grind but the message Bible says that he will smash smashing he's a smashing stone you'll be smashed to powder more, more. and then in the, the new uh, New American Standard Version, say uh, Standard Bible is scattering. It will scatter you. If he falls on you, you'll be scattered. And then the uh, English Standard Version or a New Living Translation or New International Version or Amplified Version, they all say crashing stone. 
It's a crashing stone, New English Standard Version, in the crashing stone, NIV, crashing stone, New Living Translation, translation crashing stone, amplify. He is a crashing stone. If he falls on you, he will grind you. He will crush you. You will be crushed if he falls on you. Now, so when it comes to the unbelieving Jews, he's a stumbling stone, a stumbling stone. But when it comes to the nations, to the nations, the nations that don't have the oracles of God. He is a grinding stone. He is a smashing stone. He is a crashing stone. He is a scattering stone. May you escape from the scattering, from the grinding stone. A day is coming. Finally, let me show you this scripture in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel chapter 2, this is talking about Nebuchadnezzar's image. Nebuchadnezzar had a vision, saw an image, a very tall image standing, and he didn't understand it. He called the magicians. He called his astrologers. They couldn't explain it. And Daniel came, and Daniel explained it. Verse 34, after Daniel explained it, he told him that thou sowest uh, till that that a stone was cast out without hands. Daniel chapter 2. He said, what you saw? You saw the stone. So you saw the image and it had a golden head and a bronze body and everything. And then you saw it. You kept watching until you saw a stone. So he was telling the man his dream. And this is what he said. Uh, Daniel chapter 2 verse 34 from the New King James Version. You watched while a stone was cut was cut out without hand which struck the image uh, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and watch this and broke them in pieces then the iron the clay the bronze the silver the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor the wind carried them away away so that no trace of them was found and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Jesus is going to come and the stone came to crush this human government came to crush the human government that started in with Nimrod in the Tower of Babel they never wanted God one characteristic of human one of the things or some characteristics you have to notice about human government is they they don't want God they like idols and they make a name for themselves they don't want God they don't want God they like to do their own idols other things get their allegiance and guess what they uh, they built a name for themselves that's the typical human government but Abraham built an altar for the Lord and called the name of the Lord. Whilst Tower of Babel, they were building a tower to heaven and to make a name for themselves so they don't scatter. Did you see that? And so from Nimrod's time all the way to the end of days, in human government, Jesus Christ is coming to rule and crush the nations. Crush the nations. It's going to grind the nations upon whom you follow, you grind. Jesus Christ is the stone. Christ, the stone. Christ the stone. He's stone in five different ways. The living stone, Christ a living stone, stone in five different ways. Number one, he is the foundation stone. Number two, he's the cornerstone. Number three, he's the headstone, which is the top stone and capstone. Number, number, number four, he's the stumbling stone or the stone of offense. And then number five, he's the grinding stone or the crushing, the smashing, the scattering stone in Jesus' name. We thank God that the stone that the builders rejected has become 
the cornerstone. Bible says that to them he's rejected, but to us he's, the pre- he's precious. This stone, Jesus, is precious to us. He is precious to us and we will serve him to the end. Today, I came to submit to you. We Jesus, thank God for the using servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.